The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you paying it forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Triggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. It's Josephine here. I hope everybody is ready for an absolutely incredible show today. I say that every single week, but what I don't do every single week is schedule a part one and a part two to my show right up front. And the reason is because our guest wrote an incredible book and I started reading the book. She sent it to me about a month ago and I was so enthralled and so impressed with the book. I actually started using the stuff I read in the book almost immediately and applied it to my business. And I said, this stuff is great. And I know my listeners will think the same. So I asked our guest if she would do a two-part show. And she had agreed. So, um, so excited. Really, really, it's going to be a great show today. So hang in for the entire hour. Trust me. Okay, let's start the show with the business tip of the week. So I know there's two things I'd like to say this week. The first one is plan your summer. I get a lot of emails from a lot of mom entrepreneurs, and we are always ripping our hair out during the summertime when our kids are not in school. And the only thing I can say is last year, during the month of June, I literally went to my calendar for this year in May, and I wrote in big letters at the top, Don't forget the month of June is crazy with the kids in school. What happens is the schools want to wrap up for the year, and a lot of times they're calling in the parents to come see a show, to be part of a craft, to wrap up the year for field day, all this stuff. And last year, I don't know why, but I just wasn't prepared for it. So at least this year, I just decided that I would be way ahead of the game. If I had to work a few hours over the weekend, I'd be super prepared for what came ahead. So that's number one. So prepare, get your kids in camp, set up play dates, do whatever you have to do. And, of course, we should all be taking vacations just so we could recharge our battery. But the second business tip I wanted to share with you is, you know, on my show, um, A lot of my guests always recommend a lot of things. And one thing that came up was the concept of Dropbox. And I always wrote it down as one of those things I was going to look into when I had the time. Well, this week I made the time for it and I did sign up for Dropbox. Um, and I must say that it has saved me so much time already. I'm able to share my files with other people 
instantly and it's really great. So trust me, go out, check out Dropbox. All right. So with that, let me introduce you to my guest. Her name is Tina Forsyth. And I'm going to just read you a quick little bio. Of course, all this information is on the TogiNet website. Um, But Tina, she really wears a lot of hats. Um, Let's see. Tina's first foray into the business world was at the age of eight, which is, as everybody knows, one of my first questions as an entrepreneur. When, When you were young, did you ever think you were an entrepreneur? And this answers that question. But what Tina did at the age of eight, she used her trusty little tape recorder to create a radio commercial for her family's rental business. So I'm sure she's laughing, but we can't wait to hear a little more about that. But she truly is a a Jill of all online trades, working in everything from marketing to recruiting for businesses big and small. She has helped launch, build, and manage multiple six-figure-plus businesses since starting her online business adventures in 1999. Tina is considered a leading authority on leveraging your systems, team, and revenue streams so you can set up your business to run without you. Honest to God, everybody, this is so true, and you'll see it. It's all in her book. It really, really does work. As a founder of the International Association of Online Business Managers and the creator of the Automate Your Growth Formula, she provides training, coaching, and consulting to high-end entrepreneurs who are ready to stop working so darn hard and take their businesses to the next level. So with that, I am absolutely thrilled and excited to welcome Tina Forsyth to Paying It Forward. Good morning, Tina. Hey, hello, hello. Good morning. Hi, Tina. So I have to tell you, when I got the email um, requesting for you to be a part of my show, I get tons and tons of email. And when I got your email from Donna, the PR um, agent that had sent it over to me, I looked at the email and I said, wow, this sounds too good to be true. I have to be honest with you, Tina. I was like, (laughs) I don't know about this. And I shot an email back to Donna. I said, you know what? Let's just give it a shot. And Donna said, you know what? I'm going to send you the book way in advance so you can review it. And she said to me, trust me, this is different from all the other books out there. And I can tell you, Tina, my bookcase is absolutely filled with business books from guests and everything. But I am telling you, I am so floored, Tina. I I have been in my business, it's now going on almost eight years, and everything that I have finally figured out over eight years, it's all finally coming together. And it's amazing that you have it written in your book. It's so easy to read. And it's stuff that I have literally applied to my business almost from the day I read it in your book. And Tina, I'm sure that everybody tells you this. (laughs) (laughs) Is it true, Tina? Well, you know, it's funny when you say you have tons of business books that you never actually read. Because, um, I mean, quite honestly, I'm a bit the same, too. I'm like, I'm not, obviously, we're in business, and I love business and all of that. But at the end of the day, I'm not a big fan of kind of like reading a book that I can't do anything with, you know, if that makes sense. It's kind of like, um, so when we were writing, when I was putting this book together, it really was from the perspective of being able to keep things simple and, and give you stuff you can take and use. 
right away because it needs to happen right away and it shouldn't be an overly complex uh, process either. Oh, I, I love it. You kept it so simple and you can just apply it immediately. So it worked. But mm-hmm. Tina, I always start my show off with going way, way back when. I am yeah. convinced we're born entrepreneurs. I'm convinced that we are born with that fire. Now, that's my personal opinion, but I have now interviewed over 150 entrepreneurs, and I can tell you 95% of them said they did things as a young child that showed them at an early age that they were going to be an entrepreneur. And in the back of your book, it's so funny how you created your very first commercial at age eight. <laughs> <laughs> How is that commercial, Tina? Oh, you know, it was funny because my parents, I, I mean, my parents had their own business growing up, right? They ran a construction rental company when mm-hmm. I was growing up and, and from as early as I can remember. You know, I think they got that business when I was like three or four. Um, uh-huh. So the commercial was for their business. You know, it was like my own version of a, me and my sister, our version of a radio commercial. <laughs> for their <laughs> That's construction so company, funny. Which they didn't use, you know, of course, but. It's funny when you say, because I don't actually, I did not grow up necessarily thinking I was going to be an entrepreneur. Like when I look back on it, I feel like it was pretty obvious in yes. a lot of ways. And, and I say to people too, it's like the heart of why I do what I do and, and the heart of what drives me as an entrepreneur is I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> so I want to I do things my own way. I want to do things in my own time. And I mean, as far as me as a child and everything, I've always been very stubborn. I've always naturally taken charge and leadership and all of that too. Um, but it wasn't something that was always like clear or conscious in my mind that like, hey, I'm going to grow up and start my own business. I think I always wanted to at uh-huh. a certain level, but I didn't know if I could. Or if I was able to, you know, it was kind of like it almost became an accidental thing, I feel like, in some ways over the years. How funny is that? Now, I, I'm looking from the outside, and mm-hmm. I kind of see it that you were probably brought up in a household that a lot of things were being discussed because I see it with my own children. It's so yeah. funny. We have, like, full detailed conversations about Shark Tank, you know. We're on my yeah. bed, the whole family, and I have my, you know, now nine-year-old talking about, Mom, I don't want you to go on Shark Tank, I don't think. But we're talking about the strategies and everything. I bet you you came up in a household that a lot of business strategy was discussed at a very young age, and it's just interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it was and it wasn't, you know, because it, it is kind of interesting. I, I do feel like when you're raised in a household um, with, you know, where, you're, where your family owns a business um, and such, I mean, I don't necessarily have conscious memories of my parents. You know, if they were discussing things, I wasn't always necessarily paying attention because it was right. like construction rentals. I was probably like, eh, boring, <laughs> you know, but it obviously it obviously seeped in at some level. And I really think of that with my own kids, too. I mean, my girls are five and seven and uh-huh. uh, we're pretty purposeful, especially at this age where it's kind of like, OK, how can we really start to um, above and beyond be what's happening naturally for them to kind of get what we're doing to really just purposely start to talk about this and what it means to be an entrepreneur, to have your own business versus other options. I think it's so, 
It's so true. And when we least expected that, a lot of times I feel a little guilty. I'm like, my kids are always like, oh, mom, do you have to be at the computer? And I tell them, you know, um, just give me a minute. Just And I feel so guilty all the time, Tina, until yeah. the day came yeah. and my son came home with this entire presentation on my Glovey's product that he gave to his class. <laughs> oh. so, it's That's it's awesome. funny. I think we do have a big impact on them. But um but Tina, I can't wait to hear all about, you know, how you came up with the idea of your book, The Entrepreneur's Trap. We're going to take a really quick break, but um, we have so much to share with our listeners here. We'll talk about how you got into that and um, how you really became the founder of, um, of your other business. So with that, I think we're coming up to a break here. The Entrepreneur's Trap. We're going to hear all about how Tina came up with it. All right, everyone, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, tragedy and triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. It's Josephine here, and we have Tina Forsyth with us, who is the author of The Entrepreneur's Trap. So, Tina, tell us, what made you um, write this book? 
I actually, you know, I've worked uh, online now for a number of years since about 1999, and in that time, I've I really came from the working behind the scenes of businesses. You know, I worked for many years as an online business manager, and I worked with various six and seven figure uh, companies, a lot of coaching, consulting, you know, speaker, author, trainer types of people. And in that time, you know, kind of being behind the scenes in in a business, you know, I, I really got to see what it takes to make a business run. And, of course, from that, you know, one, one part of my business, one division of my company is where we train and certify people to become online business managers and to work with clients in that capacity. Because at a certain level of growth, uh, entrepreneurs need someone to step in and really manage everything as well as have the doers on board and everything, too. But what right. was really interesting, I mean, I have, I wrote that book. I wrote a book for our, our we say OBMs as short for online business managers. I wrote that book mm-hmm. back in 2008. And what came clear, too, is that as we were training and certifying people and they were going out and they were starting to work with their clients, with other entrepreneurs, I was, it became really clear to me that there was another side of the coin, you know, and how entrepreneurs, you know, we as the leaders of our companies, mm-hmm. that we really need to get very purposeful about how our business is being run. You know, and there's that idea, wow. too, that, that everything, we're the very top of the mountain, if you will, and mm-hmm. everything's going to flow down from us through the company uh, as, as far as decisions and how we want to run the company and, and, you know, how hard we're going to work or not and all of these kinds of things. And I could see that entrepreneurs were, quite honestly, they were hiring people. They were wanting to hire people to, to add to their team. That's kind of the obvious I'm growing, I need to add to my team sort of scenario, but that mm-hmm. stuff was still happening. And people were working 24-7, which to right. me is kind of the heart of what really drove me to write the book. I remember it was probably, I want to say about three or four years ago now, mm-hmm. I used to, once upon a time, I used to work a lot. Like I used to work basically, you know, the seven-day-a-week scenario, right? right? And uh, I couldn't tell you exactly when the moment was, but it was probably mm-hmm. at least six or seven years ago now where I decided, okay, I'm not going to work on weekends anymore. It's like, wow. that's not why I'm in business for myself. I'm not going to work on weekends anymore. And I just stopped doing it. You, you know, know what's funny that you say that, Tina? I bet you when you stopped working weekends, you probably didn't see a difference in the amount of the output you put in. Well, this is the thing that, that people don't realize in a sense, is when you, there's, a, there's this uh, idea called Parkinson's Law, and you can look it up online. It's, I can't remember the guy's first name. It's somebody Parkinson <laughs> who kind of came uh, up okay. with this theory, right? And you can look it up online and everything. And basically what Parkinson's Law is, is that work is going to expand to fit the time that you allow it. So if you, and, and how this applies to us in our businesses, is, is that if we don't, don't put a container around our working time, if we don't put a container around when we want to get work done, then work will expand to fit all of our time. And it's that idea of, like, I will hear people say all the time, well, I have to work evenings, I have to work weekends, I can't take a day off, I can't take a vacation, because there's always something to be done, right? And wow. that's absolutely true. Like, in, to a degree, there's always, always, always going to be something that needs to be done. But the reverse side of this and how Parkinson's law works is that when you decide, I'm sure we've all experienced this, right? Mm-hmm. When I decide that I'm going to get something done by, you know, tomorrow at noon, because it has to be done by tomorrow at noon, I will make it happen. 
right? If I leave it open-ended and it's like, well, I'll get it done when we get it done, then it's just going to leak out all over the place. And this is also where deadlines become very important too. Mm -hmm. If you don't put a deadline on something, it won't get done because it'll just keep expanding in that sense. So I know for myself, my own experience, as well as many of my clients and and my own team members over the years, when you really firmly decide and say, I'm going to quit working 24-7, I'm going to quit working every day of the week or whatever that might be for you, you, and you can actually get a lot more done. I think you're so right. Tina, it brings me to something that I say quite often on the show that I've learned is that as leaders, as business owners, we need to work on our business, not so much in the business. And what I've learned so much from your book is the importance of delegation and the importance of setting up the systems that once you get your systems in place, you can automate your business and things really do run smoother. And I have to tell you, you're so on target with that. And we'll get back to the systems, but just as a quick little example, I have to tell you, Tina, I'm always amazed. I stop work in the afternoon, I run, I have to be on the field with the kids for their sports and everything, and I see these high-powered dads, and some moms, you know, are also running in from the city and everything. These are really, really successful people making tons and tons of money, but there they are at every single practice, at every single game with their kids, and Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that they know how to properly manage their time and know how to get the most into the hours that they are in at work. And I'm also convinced that they have solid teams of people that help them to free mm-hmm. up their time. So I, I feel like all of a sudden the blindfold has been taken off of me. And I feel like I'm telling you, this book was a revelation for me, Tina is that it's so, so important to let go of the control, trust people. Maybe they're Mm -hmm. not going to do it exactly the same way as you, but you know what? It frees up your time to do other things when you can let go of the control and establish a team that can do the necessary systems that need to be run, you know, in order to have a a successful business. All right. So... Let's move on, Tina. I feel like I'm talking too much. It's all about you, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just to say what, just to, to kind of tack on to what you just said, too, the, the starting point I always recommend to people, right? Because um, I believe m- many entrepreneurs and, you know, I, I have to say more so, I think more so for women than men, quite mm-hmm. honestly, and it's not because I've done studies or whatever on that, but it's, it's from what I've seen personally. Um, we come into business with this, this idea of like, we're supposed to do it all ourselves. You know, or we we have to do it all ourselves or we're supposed to do it all ourselves. And when you're in the earlier stages of your business, that's fine. You can get away with it, you know, because there's not there's just not that much going on yet necessarily. But as a business continues to grow and expand and so on, that's where it becomes an issue. And I always recommend to to entrepreneurs as a very first step. And this is something I talk about in my book is to create what I call your yes list. So your yes list is really getting clear on what should be on your plate as the, as the leader of your company. And basically what, what it boils down to is two things. You know, what it is that you do as a service, 
And sometimes in some cases you may let go of that down the road too. But if somebody is a graphic designer, for example, they may want to keep doing graphic design. You know, if somebody's a coach, they may want to continue to be a coach, et cetera, or a speaker or whatever. So there might be like a service or, or something that you deliver in what you do. And it's fine, of course, to keep that on your plate as long as you'd like to because that's probably for many of you why you started your business is to do something that you enjoy doing or to serve in a way that you want to serve. And the second piece is anything that's going to grow your business. So sales, marketing, you know, all kinds of various activities can fall under that umbrella, right? But when that's you think a great about idea. It, anything yeah, that is going to grow your business, right? Yeah, and some people wish they didn't have to have that on their plate, right. but you do. <laughs> It's so funny. You're so right, Tina. We have no choice as business owners because, honestly, who's going to sell your product or your service better than yourself? But it's not to say that all entrepreneurs love that part. If anything, it's the least preferred job of a lot of business owners. I laugh because a friend of mine, we're going neck and neck with both of our products, trying to bring them to the marketplace, and we laugh at each other. We're like, oh. Today is sales day. Today is the mm-hmm. day we have to make our calls, and it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah. So and you're and right. it's one of these things, like as a business grows, even that can start to come off your plate a little bit too, right? But, but the best advice I've ever heard as far as when can I delegate, you know, sales and marketing activities, you can only do that after you've, you've found the proven model that works for you and your company, Right, mm. like it's actually dangerous yes. to try to to try to delegate sales, for example, too early in the process until you know, until we as the leaders of our company have really have really confirmed here's what works, here's how we sell, you know, here's the right process, flow, whatever, et cetera, for that oh. to work. Right, if you try That's to kind brilliant. of pass the buck, yes. yeah, if you try to kept, I, I call that almost like passing the buck. It's like uh-huh. I don't want to do this, even though it's my company. <laughs> I don't want to do it, so I'm just going to hire somebody else and cross my fingers and hope they figure it out. I mean, that's dangerous because you're delegating the success of your company at that point. I think you're so right, Tina, and even the mere fact of hiring an assistant. How can you Mm -hmm. hire an assistant if you don't have your system established first? Well, the difference there, though, you can hire – see, the, the key to the yes list is knowing where you need to focus your own personal time and energy. Right. So, you know, if you know that I'm going to focus on things like, you know, creating marketing, writing articles, speaking, delivering whatever my services, if you have a service, if you're a product based company, it might be a little different, Um, you know, various sales, et cetera, kinds of things. And there's a whole list of stuff. I mean, the list actually isn't that long when we think about it. Right. Your yes list is actually pretty short. Um, One thing I want you to be aware of, too, though, because I always say to people, it's like the things that you like to do, put those on your list. But be aware of them from the perspective of are they helping you grow your company? You know, I'm a bit of a tech geek. Like I can geek out on techie things. Right. But if I'm going to mess around and play around with some kind of, you know, whatever online system tool or, or something all day, that's not helping grow my business. You know, so you want to be aware of the things that might you might enjoy doing, but are actually distractions as well. And the key is when you really are clear on what your yes list is, everything else needs to come off your plate. And that's where you start to look at, you know, I need to get a team in place, I need to delegate, and a team can be as simple as one, like, very part-time person to begin with. It doesn't have to be this behemoth project. 
right? I mean, the best teams yeah. are built ultimately one person at a time, especially in the earlier stages of your business. And when you ask about the things like when you mentioned about like administrative stuff and various things like that too, you know, you can hire people that bring that expertise to the table as well. I can't um, wait. I, We're going to take a quick break. But, Tina, I know that you um, have a lot of experience, even with the hiring the virtual assistants online. Is, mm-hmm. So let's talk about that when we come back from the break. So, everybody, hang in there. We're going to take a really quick break, and we'll be right back. Right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ellie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopri. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Attention parents and teachers. Here is a series of alarming yet true facts about the current state of teaching reading in the United States. The federal government has spent close to half a trillion dollars to improve reading ability, and yet we still have over 8 million students who cannot read on grade level. 440,000 students who have a total reading vocabulary of 50 words or less. And a national dropout rate of one new student every 26 seconds. Sadly, one of these could be yours. Fortunately, it's not too late to help. Introducing The Reading Show with Dr. Joe, a fast-paced, highly informative, easy-to-listen-to show led by nationally recognized reading authority, Dr. Joe Lakovich. For more on Joe on the show, check out his website, failurefreeonline.com. Listen in this week to learn amazingly simple ways to turn this problem around. The Reading Show with Dr. Joe, with your host, Dr. Joe Lakovich, Fridays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Toginet.com. Everyone, it's Josephine here, and I have Tina Forsyth with us. And Tina wrote the book, The Entrepreneur is Trapped. And right before break, we were talking about how important it is and possible. It really is possible to hire a virtual team. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Tina? A virtual, essentially when you're looking at hiring, there's two options. Uh, You can look to hire an employee which is generally going to mean somebody in your office, you know, face-to-face in your locality, wherever you live. Um, And, of course, if they're working for you as an employee, you're paying them through payroll and taxes and all kinds of fun stuff, right? 
Um, or you can look to hire virtual support. And there's a whole world of virtual support professionals out there, virtual assistants, social media specialists, you know, online business managers, all types of different areas of expertise. And the beauty of being able to hire a virtual, uh, a virtual team member, and it could be one or two or many. You know, I know, I know businesses that work with virtual teams that are, you know, highly successful. Um, it's really a matter of being able to, there's a couple of aspects to this that are really key. First and foremost, it's not as big of a commitment. You know, in the earlier stages okay. of your business especially, but even further down the road, it's not like you necessarily will need a full-time employee in your business. Right? Some of you will, Correct. especially depending on the type of business and how fast you're growing and everything. That definitely does come into play at a certain point. It's kind of like once somebody's working full time for you, 40 hours a week sort of thing, they are essentially an employee. Um, even kind of legality and, and such, you can check with your lawyer and accountant on that to really confirm, uh, depending on where you live, especially what state or country you're in. Um, but also, too, when you're hiring a virtual professional, ideally you're hiring somebody that's bringing a lot of expertise to the table. Because they're, they're working, you know, it might be a freelancer, a contractor, you know, whatever you want to call them. They basically are in and of themselves a business. And okay. when I'm talking to entrepreneurs about this, I always recommend that you, you're clear on a couple of things. And there's this idea of the what versus the how. You know, you as, an, as the leader of your company, you as the entrepreneur, you're responsible for the what in your business. So that is what is this business? What is our vision? What are our goals? What are we building towards? What do we need to create here? You know, you need to be really, really clear on the what. That, and what is it we're delivering? You know, what's the end result of what we want to give to people if it's a program or a service or a product or whatever it might be? You know, your job as the entrepreneur is to be crystal clear on that what from all kinds of directions. Then you okay. ideally want to hire people and bring people in that bring the how to the table. Because we touched on this a little bit before the last break, right? If you try mm -hmm. or think that, if we think that we have to know everything before we can delegate or before we can give it to someone else, that's a recipe for insanity. You know, I remember years right. ago a client of ours, I think she was a coach, <clears throat> and she had come and asked, uh, she was part of a program that, uh, that I was uh, helping run, and she had asked us, you know, how do I go and learn my shopping cart system, right? <laughs> and we're like, you don't. Right. You don't go learn it. You know, you need to know what, what you want it to do for you. And this is where I say it's a key responsibility. There's a difference between responsibility versus doing. Like, you need to know what needs to happen. You need to know what the end result needs to be. But for you to jump in and, like, figure out how to learn a shopping cart, you know, most people are like, you. I'd rather yeah. not anyhow, you know, like, you know, a lot of times you don't want to do those things. You don't want to learn those things. You don't want to go there. So well, they're you experts, really too. They're experts, well, yeah. like you said, Tina. But it, in the very early stages of me running my business, I have to tell you, I did feel that necessity that mm -hmm. I had to learn. I had to know everything about my business. I had to learn everything. And now, eight years later, I'm like, why was I so stupid, Tina? What was I doing <laughs> wasting my time? It's like that was not a good use of my time. It's just hire the professionals, let them do what they're good at, and in the long run, it costs so much less. It's less time and less money. So I think you're so right about that. But my question to you about the virtual team, Tina, like what about even like – what about confidential information? That's the mm -hmm. only stuff that makes me a little nervous. Does any of your 
customers or clients, do they feel the same way? Like, it's not a sense of being paranoid, but a lot of the stuff is really confidential. Like, can you really hire somebody to type out your business plan for you? You need to have an agreement in place with people. Okay. Like, it doesn't Break matter if they're front. an employee or a contractor, a freelancer, if you're hiring them to help you 10 hours a month or if you're just hiring them for a project. You always, always, always want mm-hmm. to have a agreement in place. And part of that agreement would be that there's confidentiality and or non-compete if need be. Uh, there's something called work for hire that I want to mention here. Um, and you can... Uh, work for hire basically means if you, and, and I really want to want you guys to make sure that you have this in place in these contracts. You can find contract information online. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Alexis Neely, has a great program called Lift, the Lift Foundation. Um, I don't even remember the exact <laughs> URL for it, but if you just search for Alexis Neely or if you just search for Lift Foundation, um, you know, it, it's all about legal, financial, tax, whatever. You know, she's got templates Insurance, and things in yeah. there, too. She has everything yeah. wrapped up in there. I saw that on your website. It's also yeah. on your the website. Key, the key with this, though, is, like, don't ever engage with somebody without an agreement in place. Because the work for hire, for example, if you don't know what that means, and I never did originally, it was like, whoa, yikes. You know, I was probably like eight years into my business before I ever heard of that. And yeah. what a work for hire means is that, like, if you hire somebody, for example, to do your website for you, and you don't have a work for hire clause in there that basically says, you are, I'm hiring you to do this website for me, and I own the website at the end. I'm paying you, you're going to do the work, but the website itself is mine. I own it. If you don't have that in an agreement with somebody, even though you've hired that person, even Mm -hmm, though you've mm -hmm. paid them to do the work, they still own your website. Can you imagine that, Tina? And here we go. I learned the hard Mm -hmm. way. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. And that's got a lot to do with why I started my radio show, because I felt so raped along the way. But it was ignorance. I didn't know any Mm -hmm. better. So you are so right. And this is the thing, you know, that's where I say, like, Alexis's, her Lyft um, program and materials. I mean, if you look into that at all, just know she she created that because she had to learn the hard way on Uh a number of things. You know, and she's a lawyer, too, right? Like, her background is law and everything. So she brings some real solid uh, background to this. But, you know, we need to, that's, that's that's another part of why I wrote my book to begin with, too, is because many of us, we're coming into our businesses and we're excited about whatever it is we want to offer. Right. You know, and the the barrier to entry into business these days is so low, which on one hand is an amazing thing. It's like you could literally come up with an idea today and go hang your shingle tomorrow. Right. Right. And be in business, like have people paying you compared to like 20, 30 years ago sort of thing. It was like if you wanted to start a business, it was a much more serious undertaking and it was much more, you know, you had to get funding or whatever, various things. Right. You had to be a lot more purposeful. Um, But the ease of entry is a beautiful thing. But the reverse side of it is like you're saying, you know, there's we get into business without actually realizing what the heck we're getting ourselves into. And if we're not careful and we're not purposeful, I mean, we can find ourselves in situations where, you know, hey, hired a web designer, something fell apart for some reason, they took the site back and now I have nothing. You know, or just, you never know. Or people, if you don't have confidentiality agreements in place or you don't have things like that in place and somebody's working with you and they're suddenly going off and, you know, sharing your trade secrets or whatever, right? You have no recourse. Mm -hmm. 
if there was no, no absolutely and you know what's funny tina when i talk to my other girlfriend who has a, a business as well it's like we as women i know i'm a very trustworthy person i trust yeah. people and when somebody says that they're going to do something for me i'm like okay no problem and i go i pay them right away i give them a deposit and they mm -hmm. don't in the very beginning of my business, I was horrified that people did not do what they said they were going to do. And I had to, you know, I paid so much money for it. Now, whenever I have to make a decision, I take the emotion out of it. I physically picture myself putting on a business hat, a man's business hat. And I say, I you know that. what? This is the man in me writing this email because I'm going to be the strong person who's going to say, you know what, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. You know, a perfect example is, you know, I was doing business with somebody and they made a mistake and I was paying them on an hourly basis. And I got the email that said, well, in order for me to make this correction, it's going to cost you another hour's fee. And I said, wait a second, I did my research and found out that they made the error. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I shot the email out. And I normally I'd be tiptoeing. Oh, I'm so sorry, but uh, uh. I sent the mm -hmm. email out with my my manly hat on, and I said, "You made the error. I'm not going to pay it." The whole thing is, no, it's important. It's important to have that business. You know, make decisions based on your business as opposed to your emotions. At least these are all the big lessons I've learned. But yeah, and it's. Yep, go ahead, Tina. I was going to say the other thing, too, with agreements, when I first started working with Alexis on this a number of years ago, the one thing that really shifted for me, too, because for many years, we just had, like, you know, a gentleman's agreement, if you will. Like, oh, we talked about it. Right. Um, and even email can be a form of an agreement. So even if you're having a conversation with somebody, you know, you can email back and forth to clarify. But the thing that really shifted for me around this idea of, oh, I don't need agreements, I'll just trust people, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. um, like Alexis said, I mean, really, it is ultimately an agreement. You know, call it a contract, call it whatever you want. Contract sounds so, like, scary and legal. You know, right. but really, ultimately, what an agreement is, is an agreement. So that both sides are clear on expectations and all of that stuff. And also, too, it's that idea of an agreement is planning for the way that you would end the relationship. Right? So yeah. if you're working with a web designer, for example, and they're going to create a website for you, you're planning how that relationship's going to end. You're going yeah. to give this, this, and that. I'm going to pay you this amount of money. Here's what I need to give you. Here's what you're going to give me. Here's the timelines, et cetera, et cetera. And when we're all done, we've planned a successful ending to this relationship. And, right? Tina, this and is so, so important. You're so right. I didn't think we were going to talk about this, but I have to tell you, we as entrepreneurs, we don't have time to waste. Every minute of every day is so precious to us, and I think this was well worth a lesson learned for the listeners today is that don't waste your time because if you don't figure out those contracts in the beginning, trust me, when the job, when it comes time to wrap up the job, it just becomes a nightmare. Oh, gosh, yeah. You're better off to go through and spend a bit of extra time in the beginning to get right. this stuff nailed down versus have it come back and bite you down the road. Yeah, right. Like so even, right. And believe me, we'd all, it's kind of like we were saying with sales and marketing earlier. We wish, for most of us, we wish we didn't have to deal with this stuff. If right. you're in business, you do. Yep, we have no choice. Well, anyway, everybody, hang in there. Hang in there. We have great business tips with Cynthia Forsyth with us. Hang in there. 
right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on toginet.com. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She's a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woo-Hoo Radio Network. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. So we have Tina Forsyth with us, who is the author of The Entrepreneur's Trap. So, Tina, before we get started with the last segment of Paying It Forward, which all my listeners know, these are our five business tips that we pay forward. Before we get to that, can you please tell my listeners how they can get in touch with you? I know the book is on Amazon, but give us some information. Uh, We actually, the book is on Amazon and various other online retailers and such, so you'll be able to find the book everywhere if you just search for The Entrepreneur's Trap. Uh, We also have, if you wanted to grab a free free, um, first chapter of the book, I think a free first couple of chapters, if you go to etbook.com and then forward slash paying it forward, that'll take you to a page where you can grab some sample chapters as well, too. So if you want to just kind of dive in and and review that before you decide to buy the book itself. And of course, the book, print, Kindle, etc., whatever format you want to get it in, it's available that way. If you want to connect with me directly, you can just go to tinaforsyth.com. So it's T-I-N-A-F-O-R-S-Y-T-H.com. And I got a blog and all kinds of fun things, uh, resources on that page on a weekly basis. A lot of information. I went to the website. I spent a lot of time there, and Tina gets it. 
really truthfully, I think you really understand business inside and out. And I just love the way you do it in a simple, non-overwhelming form format. So um, you can truly, truly learn a lot. All right. So with that, let's start moving on to our five very best business tips. So what's the first business tip you'd like to pay forward today, Tina? Your strong business systems are the key to success and sanity in your business. So I know we're doing a part two with, uh, yes. with the show, and we can get much more, I think, in depth when, when we talk again in, the next, uh, next, in our next time together. But Great. just knowing that if you feel buried, overwhelmed, stressed, you know, chaotic, et cetera, systems are going to be your key to get out of that. It's amazing the way that they work that, and, and how powerful that can be. Um, number two is know your distractions. You know, when we're talking about this idea as well of not working 24-7 and being able to take your time back and take back weekends and book a vacation, and I love Mm -hmm. when you were talking about planning your summer earlier in the call. You know, part of the key is, and and when we talk about the yes list, you know, when you know what's on your yes list and you know where you need to spend your time and energy, you need to be equally as aware of what's going to be a distraction for you. And you can start to make a list of these things so you can catch yourself doing that. Right? So I might, you know, an obvious one for a lot of us, like social media. All right. I'm hopping on, checking Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. I mean, that can be a huge distraction for a lot of us. And if it's important to do and part of how you build your business or it's just part of how you like to connect, you know, some of the best advice I've heard around social media as an example is Mm -hmm. either pick a certain time each day. You might check in in the morning. You might check in in the afternoon. Otherwise, turn it off. You know, or yeah. I know some people who will only check in on certain days of the week. You oh, don't wow. have to have that stuff open all day, every day. Right? Yeah, so I have to tell you, Tina, a lot of my guests have also said the same thing. One guest went as far to say that she will only do it if she gets up really early in the morning like from six to seven. So she's got to make an effort to do that. And then she'll check in once at lunchtime and then once right before the day is over. So I think you're right. It's really important to limit it. The distractions, a lot of people talk about their emails being a distraction. And I I tend to to agree with that. Yeah. One quick tip on email too. Um, You do not, when you decide you're not going to work, don't check your email and don't let it follow you around. So do not have your email on your phone. It's definitely something I recommend. You know, I say to people, too, it's like I don't work weekends. Part of the reason I don't work weekends is because I purposely keep myself unplugged. You know, <clears throat> if I was to go and check my computer and check my email or if my email was coming to my phone and I could see it popping up and pinging and, oh, look, I got a new message and all this kind of stuff, as mm-hmm. soon as I see that, I would be sucked in and I would be working. I know I would. So you have to, like, turn off the flow of that stuff, right? I mean, for me, it's really a matter, and I recommend, it was funny, my husband even, when my book came out of, you know, what was in the fall there, uh, my husband read my book. It was quite funny. He, like, read the book. He's like, oh, I got to get email off my phone. I'm just like, yeah, you do. (laughs) But that's that's another form of distraction. And it's another form of how your work can distract you from your life. Too. I mean, yeah. if you're purposely like, I'm not going to work weekends, or I'm not going to work Sunday, or I'm going to take evenings off, or whatever it is, make sure that you don't let work distract you from the rest of your life either. Wow. It's so hard to do, Tina. I know I'm planning a trip with my kids, my husband, and 
it's going to be really, really hard for me to do this, but I am so tempted to just leave my phone in the hotel room (laughs) and just kind of leave and not go with the, you know, with my computer and everything. I think it's not such a bad idea because, you know what, we really do need that downtime. And as an entrepreneur, Tina, I don't know if you're like me, but my mind never shuts off. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel so guilty if I'm laying out in the sun and I'm on vacation and I'm sitting out by the pool. I will tell you, I will never forget. It was like five years ago. I had one of the most creative thoughts come to my mind because I was away from everything. So I think you're so right. We have to give ourselves that time. We really really do. Yeah. Let's move on to tip number three. This is well, and that. Yeah, that really is what you just shared is really what tip number three is, you know, because magic does happen when we purposely give ourselves a break and when we unplug from our businesses. We always hear people say that idea of like, oh, I get get my best ideas in the shower, you know, or (laughs) in odd places or on vacation or whatever that is. But you think about it. I always equate this to like a workout routine. Um, you know, anybody who's done a workout routine, you don't, they very purposely say any kind, regardless of what kind of exercise you're doing, you can't work, you can't work out seven days a week. You need one or two days of rest, right? right? If you work out seven days a week, you're going to get injured or it's going to have a reverse effect on you. And I believe the same is exactly true of our businesses. If we can't unplug from our businesses and give our brains a break, give our brains a rest, you know, give our kind of lives a rest, if you will. Uh Um, It's just going to become overwhelming and stressful and, you know, it's going to have really negative effects in various ways. When when you talk about going on vacation, um, a, a, a guy I've known for a number of years now, he's an he's a entrepreneur up here in Calgary, or sorry, in, in Toronto. He's a speaker and mm-hmm. such, right? It was, really, it was a really great story he shared with me. He read my book, and after reading the book, some things just really clicked for him. Right, and he got. See, I told help. you, Tina, it wasn't I just know. me. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that made me laugh, he's like, I was reading your book on the plane, and I accidentally left it on the plane. When I realized when I got to the hotel, I didn't have it, so I had to buy it again. It's like oh, I bought it twice. That's <laughs> so funny. But he was saying he he very purposely got more help in place, got some systems in place, you know, centralizing and various things. We'll talk about next time. Okay, um, good. And then he took a vacation. His wife sent me an email thanking me because they took a family vacation and for the first time in years where he did not bring his phone, his computer, etc. They went to Disneyland, they had fun for a week, and he didn't plug into his business at all. Amazing. So this is big stuff. It's big yeah, stuff, right? I think that would be a big gift for my children. My husband's an entrepreneur, too. I mm-hmm. think they would be in shock if the two of us left our phones <laughs> in the hotel room. But, Tina, I'll tell you a funny I story. It. I had a mommy and me uh, lunch with my son, Garrett, who was two mm-hmm. at the time, and my oldest son was four at the time. And I had, like, another an extra hour that I had to... Anyway, I went to lunch. I had to wait for my four-year-old to get out of school. The two-year-old got out of school earlier. So we went to have a slice of pizza. Mommy and me time, we said it was. He was two years old. Two years old, Tina. He turned to me and he said, Mom, you can leave the phone in the car. Oh, yeah. I yeah. that stung me so much. I was like, "Oh my lord!" So we do depend on them a little too much. All right. Oh, so yeah. we'll yeah. move on to tip number four. Saying no is a key part of taking your time back. You know, you need to learn to get good at saying no. 
Mm-hmm. And this applies when you decide on your yes list and when you get clear on, say, your non... I always talk, to about setting your non-working hours versus your working hours. You know, it could be as simple as saying, I'm not going to work on a Sunday. Maybe okay. you work anytime the rest of the six days. It doesn't matter. It's ultimately a choice. But when you decide that you're not going to work on a Sunday, you need to get really good at saying no. No, I'm not going to check my phone. <laughs> like we're okay, talking about, wow. you know... Or no, depending on the work you do, if you have certain clients that might be reaching out to you, et cetera. Um, Boundaries and everything is a big thing we talk about. It's in the book as well because boundaries are a big deal to be able to learn how to set boundaries and and enforce them, you know, hold boundaries uh, with our business relationships is really key. But you have to learn to get really good at saying no in your business. And the last tip, too, tip number five, which kind of ties into this as well, um, one of the things I've really come to see in, in business, which I didn't really realize was the, the case, you know, at every level of growth in your business, you, mm-hmm. we have to learn how to let go of more and more things and allow other people to step into that space, okay. right? You know, one of, one of my sense. business yeah. coaches. Yeah, and it's interesting because, really, I always say, like, I'm the ultimate recovering control freak. (laughs) I don't know. We might be a tie there, Tina. (laughs) (laughs) I always joke we need to start a club, you know, control freaks unite kind of thing. A lot of us, a lot of entrepreneurs are, really. And, you know, so it's not a surprise by any means, but a lot of us are very much control freaks, and I I definitely am as well. There's no doubt about that. So part of my biggest challenge as my businesses continue to grow is just to really be able to to see and realize, oh, my gosh, I need to let go of that now. Like, if we're going to continue to grow and go towards the various levels of success that we want to reach, then I'm, I'm coming to realize that every new level of growth means I have to let go of something else. Yeah. And of course, systems come into play around that. I mean, the best way to let go of something, systems, like we'll talk about next time, you do not want to let go of something without systems because then you lose control. You want to have control of your business. You want to be in control, but you just don't want to be the control freak, ultimately. Okay. This sounds so like you have us hanging on here, Tina, because (laughs) I know I have the books, so I know the answers, but I know the (laughs) listeners are going to want to be a part of our part two, which we will talk about two things I think we'll really focus on are the business systems necessary to have a successful business. And Tina, I would love to also talk next time about how to automate your or the automate your growth formula that you came up with. Mm -hmm. So with that, I want to thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward. And can't wait to have you back, Tina. We'll see everyone next week. Looking forward to it. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Toginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons,